welcome to Purple Rock Survivor Podcast's rewatch of Survivor Philippines. I am Emma, and this is my co-host, Matt. You may notice that we are not Andy and John. That is because we decided to form our own podcast with Blackjack and Hookers. On second thought, why are we even doing this podcast, Emma? It's a great question, Matt. Um, Want to just head to Vegas? No. Yeah, let's uh, let's screw this pooch and go. Okay, no. sounds good. Yeah, we're just kidding, guys. We're uh, we're really happy to be taking over uh, for this uh, summer rewatch of one of our favorite seasons. Uh, Definitely. We've both always uh, been sort of, I mean, we're all high on Philippines, but I think Matt and I have always been particularly high on it. Right, because we're the right thinking, uh, too, of this of course. podcasting team. Mm-hmm. So, so, sorry, you're, you're sorry, you're running this show. I'm sorry. Yes, you're bow down to me. Um so yeah, so we're here to talk about Survivor Philippines, and to start off, you know, there is sort of a real-life situation that we want to just, like, clear the clear the air about, clear the table before we really go into the podcast. Um, which is to say, Mike Scoopin, uh, I think some of you probably know what has happened uh, with him uh, since uh, the air in the Philippines. We kind of want to just mention it briefly up front so that we're not constantly being asked why we're not talking about this every time he comes up because really for after this point we really want to just evaluate him in the scope of the season and the game itself um but yeah mike scoopin bad guy woo it's not, not great um no i think we're going to avoid mentioning it on air because who knows if i get flagged for something uh, if you really want to know you can google it if you don't know already, most of if you're watching a summer rewatch of the Philippines, I feel like you probably are like in, you know, in the know about most things Survivor. I think that's probably true. Yeah. So, you know, we start off, Jeff Probst is on a on a boat with groups of three groups of people in primary colored clothing. And then he he tells them there's a twist. First of all, I think it's worth mentioning Three tribes is like pretty normal-ish now, but for Philippines, it was only the second time they've ever done that, and the first time was All Stars, so it's a big gap. Right, and not only was it a big gap, but you know, three tribes and All Stars is also very specific. Was was very specifically done there for two reasons: one, to kind of hey, you're All Stars, let's throw a new twist in there, and two, because that was the first season with more than sixteen people. So that was also part of that. But yeah, no. So three tribes is something we're used to now. And I think the reason why it's become so ubiquitous is because Philippines works out so well. And then and then he also, you know, Jeff Probst is on the boat, but there's really only 15 people with him. So that's weird. Right. So then he tells them there's don't add up. (laughs) There's actually three returnings as well. Um, all people have been medically evacuated. So you guys know it, but it's Penner, it's Russell Swan, and it's Scoopin. And I, I do like how they, before they introduce him, he like gets the play out how tough a game Survivor can be. And one of them goes, I, for, I forget who, was it, was it Dawson? I, I don't remember, to be honest. Okay, but one so of them, was, like... So it was probably Dawson. Yeah, it was probably Dawson. Um, and one of them describes, like, oh, yeah, like, I once saw a guy almost die during a challenge and describes, like, the Russell Swan moment, like, perfectly. And you're like, yep, that's uh, there's a good reason you remember that. 
that's the guy. Yeah. And then um, there's also, you know, Zane um, prophetically talks about how he just. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, just hopes there's no celebrities because he doesn't want that. Why he pl- how he plucked that out of nothing is interesting. Mm. Yeah, very suspicious. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, we also have two legitimately famous people on this season in uh, Jeff Kent, uh, Emma's favorite giant. I don't know that we'd say that, but no. my mom does have a bobblehead of him. Oh well, there you go then. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you know, uh, you know, well, okay. Emma's favorite car washing giant. Yeah, um, certainly better. You know, he's doing motocross now, so I guess that's better than dirt bikes. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and <laughs> and then the other famous person is Lisa Welchel, uh, or as or as everyone knows her, uh, Blair from the Facts of Life. Yeah, or as I know her as. Lisa Welchel, because I've never seen The Facts of Life. Right, because you're a baby, and you're very, very young. Um, eh, it's like something that I thought was... No, fine. Um, Survivor did something that I thought was kind of interesting and weird there. They they licensed, like, actual, like, base, a baseball, baseball highlights and a clip from The Facts of Life, which I don't remember them ever doing. They may have done it for Jimmy Johnson, which I should remember because I watched Nicaragua last year but i don't remember and they definitely haven't done that for brad culpepper no i can't i can't remember them doing that for anyone either although i also didn't remember that they did that for jeff kenner lisa Weltel until i rewatched this so who's yeah. to say someone yeah. someone watching this knows because they've rewatched like every season super recently so you guys can let us know yeah yeah it, it probably happened and if it will end of it in the comments <laughs> but we uh, thought it was interesting yeah you know survivor spending money to make money <laughs> i could have done without i could have done without the 2002 world series clips but like that's less painful now so it's fine right now that you've won three in uh in this uh past 10 years <laughs> yeah good times anyway i guess we can start talking about the game itself so yeah, i think people are know, very tired of us talking about baking about basketball totally different <laughs> so Matt Singh, that's a tribe, am I right? Uh, yeah, they're. Uh, I think the appropriate description is a uh, tire fire. Would that would that would that work for them? Yeah, you know, it's not it's not clear at first. Like if you just look at them as tribes, it doesn't seem like they're right. Well, maybe a little bit. Well, because in terms of you know. Well, like Zane is not the most athletic. Sure, but of the returning of the returning guys, that's true. Would Ron be the most athletic? You would think, but as um, as is it Roxy points out that there's you know show muscles and then there's like working muscles, which is something I feel like you guys talk about all the time. You know, the difference between your Rupert strength and your, like, Garrett Edelstein strength. Hey, I'm not the dad. I don't talk about that. <laughs> hey, you, all you men look the same to me. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that. Um, but, but, yeah, but, but no, it doesn't seem that Matt Singh should be at, a, as a, at as big a disadvantage as what we see happen in the first three episodes. But I actually think the first... Japanese 
pretty well, which is say their weaknesses is that Russell Swan can't help but lead, and he's a terrible leader. Yeah, it it does make you what I think is evident in watching this is that Russell Swan has seen Samoa and he has not seen another season because he's constantly talking about how, oh, they can. I'm not going to be a leader. They can like the chief and stuff because in his season, they actually made you like choose a chief or choose the leader. And he was chosen. And so he's like talking about that. Like, that's a thing that like regularly happens. And it's right. Not right. right, and then when he tries not to be the leader, like we see him, the first thing he does on the beach is says, "I don't want to be the leader," and he says it to everyone, "He's like, hey, I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be in charge. Now you do this, you do this, you do this. We're going, you are going to do this, and I'm going to do this." So you know, as someone who doesn't want to be a leader, he's pretty darn bad at it. <laughs> yeah, and Malcolm's like, "Okay, works for me because that takes the target off of my back." Right. Only it takes the target off of your back until Russell, until he starts screwing up the challenge by not listening to anyone else on his tribe. Like why? Okay. So let's, let's talk about that briefly. We don't talk a lot about challenges and we probably won't, but picking Zane for the running. is Yeah. You've got to imagine that he's like, I mean, maybe not. He mentions it at tribal council, but you'd think he would have told everyone like, I just quit smoking. Smokers are not known for their lung capacity, which is important with running. Right. But also, if you know, if you have, okay, taking this from the chauvinistic uh, male point of view, that is Russell Swan for a second. If you think, oh, you know, like uh, little girls can't be big and strong, like, uh, you you know, like, like Roxy and like uh, Angie. Then, you know, but you know what they can do? They can still run. Like, you know, I've I've never seen I've never seen any guy think, oh, you know what? Women can't run like, you know, it's it's stupid. So it's like if they're saying we're really bad at puzzles, just put one on the running. Like, that's the perfect place to hide someone. Yeah, that was definitely definitely poor challenge management there, which gets them the loss. And I think that just kind of hamstrings them the whole time. They just. Like, cause there are other challenges. That one, they're really far behind. But some of the other ones, they get close. You know, yeah. they just still lose. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. And that's the thing. Like, I think that also highlighted kind of the divisions of the tribe. Because, okay, so let's kind of talk about that first tribal council and everything that led up up to it. Which is mm-hmm. say, let's like talk. Of, let's give Zane his moment in the sun. Right. <laughs> you know, like Zane hits the beach and he's making alliances with everyone. You know, and, and I think actually one thing we see is that people do seem to like Zane. Yeah, Angie does try to talk him into staying when he like volunteers, quote unquote, to right. leave. And right. And Denise also really likes Zane up until uh, she finds out that he went up to everyone else when Malcolm tells. Mm-hmm. That's the moment she starts questioning Zane. That when she's like psychoanalyzing his tattoos. It's it's so good. It's so good because she's like completely right. I'm you know, like, like, I think she's totally right about everything she nails. I was, you know, we were primarily watching this because we didn't get enough Malcolm and Game Changers. And I love Denise and I was excited about it. But just rewatching these episodes, Denise is so good. She's so good at this game. I love love her so much. I just like, she's amazing. And I'm jealous of her daughter. Right. 
but 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 you know you were saying that we didn't get enough malcolm malcolm's the one who you know like zane comes up to him and russell after talking to everyone else and it's like hey it should be us three this is our alliance you know it's like oh by the way i already have alliance with everyone else like russell we don't see russell say anything about that but malcolm's immediately like uh what the hell are you doing in his confessional? He's like, you're telling me you have an alliance with everyone else? Why should I trust you? Why should anyone trust you? Which is, of course, like, Fair. I think people on that tribe actually liked him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he may, those, like, side alliances he had with people, like, may have been real. But the second you cut him out, that tribe starts to fracture. And we see, yeah. and we, and we see it where it's, it's, it turns into, like, two, two couples and Denise, basically. Right. And yeah, so at that point, should we discuss the other boots of Matt Singh? Yeah. Yeah, because then we can kind of circle back if we want. Yeah. So, you know, you said couples. So there's the famous, um, what Roxy is very proud of coining, you know, the literal booby trap. I mean, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. (laughs) What I was more baffled by was Russell... Russell says that Angie's got some kind of booby thing going on. What does that mean? I think uh, does maybe he just mean that she has implants? Is that some kind of booby thing? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I think Russell was trying to like throw some shade on her there, but didn't really know how to do it very well. Uh, he 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 wanted to like you know knock her for having implants, but somehow like was like oh, I don't know they're like some booby things. They're not real boobies. Yeah, it was a weird way of doing it. Yeah, it was a weird way of doing it. Subplot, Russell Swan sucks during these three episodes, right? Not just, like, as a Survivor player, but just, like, kind of as a person, too. Yeah, right? it's, it's not it's not great. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. There's some weird, weird things said. Some weird comparisons are made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, not really a fan. But, yeah, so, you know, so, right. So, so, right. Malcolm falls for the booby trap, and, you know, he's getting warm at night. Let's put it that way. What I love is, like, Malcolm is, like, I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, man. Because, like, that's kind of when I think you start to realize he's a fan of the game. Because he's, like, yeah. I should I should not be doing this. But, like, come on, man. What do you, what do you want from me? Right. He's, he's, like, I'm not made of stone. Um, I mean, yeah. And, and I think, you know, I mean, uh, okay, look. In that situation, Malcolm's never going to get voted out, right? Yeah. For that pair. Like, there isn't a season live where that's the case. But I think we're very lucky that's the case in this season as well. Can you imagine? But yeah, I mean, even not only in this specific tribe layout, but like, we know so rarely when there's a pair is the boy voted out when it's a male-female, like, couple. Right. Especially because, like, if you look at, like, the show couples, like, throughout, it's usually kind of like one of the strongest men who who couples up. attractive people so that means like a slender girl and a buff guy and so right yeah so 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 yeah yeah uh, yeah but yeah there is like some logic to the thought of oh the guy is more useful because you know you do sometimes need some tribe strength in pre-merge challenges as we have learned through matt singh yes um but yeah, so they lose again, and uh, Roxy really wants out Angie. She hates Angie. Um, and she forms a bond with Russell uh, for probably some unstated but very understandable reasons. Um, yeah, and then and Denise is sort of torn because she's, you know, she's close with Malcolm, 
and, you know, doesn't want her title to be usurped because she knows that she is close with Malcolm for very different reasons. Right. Yeah. And I actually think Denise's dilemma here is pretty interesting because she has to decide whether to keep a very strong pair alive. You know, if you know, if she does vote out Angie in uh, Roxy Roxy and and Russell, because I do think. Yeah, no, because I do think Roxy and Russell were a pretty strong pair. Um, or, 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 or maybe get shouldered aside by Malcolm if it stretches on long enough. But I, I do, do you, so, I mean, look, in hindsight, like, was this the right call? I think so. It doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, Angie goes home next anyway. Yeah, it could <laughs> really go either way. <laughs> right. I mean, do we know if Roxy was a good swimmer? Could she, could she dive a little and maybe have uh, helped them out there? Maybe. I don't we know. We don't know. There's no evidence. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Is that way for Denise? So. Yep. And then, you know, of course, the tribal council where Roxy goes home is the infamous cookies comment right. by Angie. Which is Which... weird because I, I had remembered it as the one where Angie went home. So I was actually a little surprised that it was that one. Yeah. And, and it's interesting um, because everyone makes fun of it. But it's weird how quickly Probst just, like, launches up. And, and I don't know about you, but I feel like, and I'm not like someone who's like, yeah, Angie is clearly the greatest and underrated. Like she is exactly what she is on the show, you know? Yeah. And, but it seems like, it does not seem unreasonable to me for someone to be like, oh, what would be better on the island? To just be like, I don't know, cookies. Like she's not wrong. It might not be the best thing, but it would be better. We have seen really good survivor players. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure poverty meltdown over cookies in an auction. Yeah. Like, and, you uh, know, she's just saying something like maybe, maybe she's not, maybe she honestly thinks that's the only thing they need, but, or, or maybe she's just like trying to lighten the mood with something like cute and fun that she's used to working. Cause she's right. like a cute bubbly girl. Right. No, I mean, I think that's all it is. And yeah, Propsis really makes hay out of that one for, I, I, I don't really think much reason at all. Yeah, to the point that when Malcolm's defending it, he's like, really? Really, Malcolm? And Malcolm's like, I'm trying to and be Malcolm, nice. Like, what do you want me to do, man? <laughs> he's like, I'm just trying to be nice. What do you... Like, and, like, sure, other people are sort of rolling their eyes, but that's primarily, like, Roxy and Ross, who are already against her at that point. Right. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, was it silly? But, like, if I feel like if Probst reacts differently, it's seen as a completely different moment. I, I agree entirely. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Roxy goes home. So, uh, Matt Singh loses again. And then the third challenge is the diving one where, and I think actually this might be my favorite Denise moment in the first three episodes is her reaction after that challenge, because it might be one of the few times all season we see Denise get mad, but (laughs) she is so mad. And she's just like ranting in the forest. Malcolm, she's like, couldn't even it, like and they're just like going off like they're each, like like she could like she couldn't dive down to get the first thing he couldn't even get up the damn ladder right it's it, right it's like how many of you times i went three i went three two what the hell yeah. <laughs> and i and i and I, I love how outraged they are that russell cannot climb up the ladder because that's definitely the point where they both where they both hit their obvious breaking point with this tribe and they're just like what the damn hell is wrong with these other people (laughs) yeah and so there's a little bit of a oh will it be russell or will it be angie 
But, you know, at this point, I think they're just so desperate of some who, like, maybe Russell wasn't helpful in a swimming challenge, but if there was something that, you know, if the next one involves strength, they're more likely to need him than Angie, I think. And let's not discount the fact that Russell would also, you know, gather food and keep the fire going, which are things you do one around camp. Uh, Especially they're having a pretty rainy and, like, miserable time in the beginning. Yeah, no, there's a lot of rain in the beginning. They mentioned that because that's, of course, why there's the cuddling because it's so cold and, and rainy. And Roxy speaking right. in tongues or something. That was really weird. Like, yeah. we didn't really get anything beyond that. That just happened one scene and it's like, no, um, not. okay. I also love, <laughs> yeah, that's. I also love Denise at that moment being like, I'm not praying for sunshine. I'm not praying for a challenge win. Like, if there's a god he doesn't care about survivor challenges, coach. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, just another good Denise moment. Denise is so good. I I, so I good. forgot how much I liked her. Like I, I I remembered her being a good player. I forgot how much I actually like liked her as a person. Like she's she's a lot more fun than I think she gets credit for. They're really, I mean, Malcolm and Denise are really one of the top survivor duos. I, I totally agree, especially because, like, I, I always think the best survivor duos are the uh, the odd couples. The yes. ones you wouldn't expect to form, you know, an alliance. Like JT and Steven. Of course, you know, also up there. Right. You know, it's like the ones you wouldn't really expect to, you know, like, come together, be friends. And then they're allies all game. Yeah. And like, and Malcolm, and like, and Denise, that they stay friends forever, like after, and that just yeah. warms my heart. It's so nice. Yeah, right. But like, Malcolm and Denise, Malcolm's like a like twenty three, twenty four year old bro. He played like football, you know. I mean, and Denise is a sex therapist, and <laughs> it's just it. It really is just one of those like really unlikely alliances that I think makes that that happens every once in a while and makes Survivor great. And it's so funny because it's not because like, oh, they're the last two left or because it got whittled down. They they started that from day one. Yeah, you know? no, they or, like, bonded. They, you know, right, no, they, they pretty much bonded over Zane, over Zane being stupid and trying to form an alliance of everyone. And that's the moment where they're like, yeah, us two together for the rest of the time. And and like and 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 they really seem to in each other. You know, like Denise has the one moment of doubt in episode two. But, you know, th- you know, other than that, like, you and and I actually give Denise a lot of credit here because I think that Malcolm has a lot more moments to defect than she does. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she's able to like trust him and know, know when to trust him, which I think is an important <laughs> them paranoid about you. So. And I can't, I can't even blame her for being a little nervous about Angie because like who among us hasn't been worried when our man is hanging out with a, cute blonde with large fake breasts uh i think i can say that i've never been worried about my man doing that but uh You're so lucky i know right Actually, my boyfriend doesn't like blonde so it's fine but you get what i'm saying uh, <laughs> well there we go then um oh, oh 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 and i did want to mention just uh you know literal booby trap wasn't the only good uh angie burn in the first couple episodes uh there was also the very good Please don't be blinded by the headlights. Okay. Yeah. That was the um, episode title, I believe. Yeah, I know, right? Because that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do love how much fun people have just, you know, ripping on Angie uh, there. 
because it's funny. And I like how Malcolm at Tribal, he's like, oh, no, 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 we're not together. She's like a little sister to me. Which, if you remember, he also says that about Andrea and Karamoan. So, you know, maybe he just says, you know, attractive little sisters. I don't know. I'm not reading into that. <laughs> I mean, like some people do. That's, you know, they've got to come from somewhere. I guess so. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do, I do think there were some moments too where like Angie, I think, was sort of like, yeah, like he's the only 20 something guy here, but like also I can do better than, than the, not, not charisma wise, I'm sure, not personality, right. but like folks, I'm sure she can do yeah, I mean, quite well for herself. I, I, I think she can. Though if she can't, she should give me a call sometime. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> she did just have a baby, so, like, I think Oh, did she? Oh, good for her. Sorry about that. It's but okay. But, you, you know what else about this season? What? There are two other tribes. I know, right? We're You know, we're talking about Crazy. man. It's, you know, just because, you know, they're losing a lot. But, hey, there's two other good tribes here. So who do you want to talk about first? Um, let's, let's go with the, the more dominant, interesting trend. Let's talk about Tandang. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, Tandang, uh, well, there's a couple different sub, you know, subplots going on here. Uh, I'd say the most notable is the, uh, don't promise crazy a baby. Uh, it's pretty, yeah. It's so funny knowing, you know, what we know now, like rewatching and seeing that first episode where, RC Navi, like, oh, oh my god, like, you used to be an executive assistant, I'm an executive assistant now, except I'm not really, but I'm pretending, and that's totally the kind of job that you would bond over, because it's not like it's, it's definitely the same no matter what industry you're in. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, okay, Let, let's just start with this, and I'm sure John will enjoy me saying this very well, but <laughs> I think that uh, RC has only herself to blame for so many of the problems that she experiences. Look, yes, 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 Abby can be crazy, whatever. But RC dives in without looking at anything, without measuring the depth of the pool. She just goes diving in, and when she hits her head on the rocks, suddenly she's like, oh, no, I was cursed. You know, it's like I was cursed to be on a tribe with Abby. No, you didn't have to be allies with Abby. You chose to be five minutes after hitting the beach you know just just because what like she you know she's the other young woman there and then you never give lisa a chance again for no good reason that we see you know because they don't even know she's famous right no they don't give lisa a chance because lisa's an introvert that's like literally it and then and then you know after over and then like over time rc's like oh woe is me woe is me no you made the mistakes here. You let this all happen because you did because you just jumped in, you know? I will yeah. say Pete, you know, didn't help. He certainly nudged that along. But I think we all know that would have happened eventually, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And actually I gotta say, my favorite part of the RC Abbey feud, and this will continue through the next couple episodes, is Pete. Pete is hilarious about this entire thing. And it's the reason why is because it is so clear that he has dated girls like Abby in the past. And then he dated Abby. And then he dated Abby. So he has not learned his lesson. I don't think he wants to learn that lesson. I, I, I think he's like, I know how to handle these girls. Like, because he handles Abby really well. 
probably better than like anyone else has ever handled Abby. And again, you know, she played with some pretty good people. My uh, my favorite part is that she talks about how like oh maybe she'll use her like feminine wiles you know and try to like woo him and I feel like Pete definitely uses like his ma- masculine wiles is that a term but you sure, know like, sure Pete is a very attractive man and he <laughs> took advantage of that I think and was able to be oh. like. Oh, you think you're flirting with me, honey? (laughs) No, 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 no. Let me tell you how it's going to (laughs) be. I got this. I got this. But, um, so that's great. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, and there's like just like little things he does to kind of like nudge them into opposition to make sure that Abby's closest to him. Like, like just the way he kind of uses the idol to kind of like create a rift between them. Because again, Arcee has no one but herself to blame. She finds the clue, and what does she do? She shares it with Abby immediately. Immediately! Which, of course, then, you know, leads to the great reaction of Abby being like, it's like, oh, you only shared it with me because I caught you. You did not catch her! (laughs) (laughs) You did not catch her! Yeah, but, you know, she just believes what she decides to believe, so... Right. Oh, man. And I just... And I love the camera just holding on RC's just like completely stunned, confused face, just time after time after like, time. Is this like, happening to me? Right. Yeah, she just doesn't get it. And it just gives me so much joy because I don't like RC. I don't. Look, you know, you know, Abby's what she is, but I don't like RC because I think RC has no, um, she has like no idea of like her own strengths and weaknesses. And she thinks she's something completely different than what she is. In my opinion. One thing, I, I, this is, sorry, yeah, go. Uh, this is, this is a very silly thing, but one thing I noticed in, um, I think it's the second challenge um, where they, or no, it's the first one where they all have the war paint on for some reason. And clearly just too right. much was happening in the episode for them to bother, like showing us that they all got the war paint. So they just like appear right. with it. Um, the Tandang tribe, they all have letters written on their back. And at first, like, at first I saw Abby and she had a G. So it's like, oh, maybe it's their last names, you know, because their last name is. And then, um, RC or someone had an N. And I was like, wait a second. Are they trying to spell Tandang? Because there's not enough people people for them to do that. But I think that's what was happening. And I don't know what they ended up doing. Maybe they had the end like move places. You don't have to like you know, like they had it line up as the third person and then do the really quick switch to six. Yeah, Um, it's a good theory. Um, Anyway, so you know there are other people on on Tandang. One of whom we won't discuss because is artist there. I don't know. Okay, Uh, you know uh, I think you're talking about the angriest man in the world. Uh, He had what one confessional and he was just like yelling at the camera the entire time. Yeah, I he eventually he'll kind of matter, but we are not there yet. No, 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 no. He, he, uh, of everyone in the show, you know, one of the things is actually this season's done a pretty a lot of different people time. Even with Matt Singh losing and being the only one who goes to tribal council, we've gotten a lot of different storylines on Tandang. We've gotten to know everyone but artists. We've gotten you know storylines on Caliban. We've gotten to know a couple people over there. You know, there's only a few people who are complete enigmas so far. I mean, and part of that is because we haven't had any reward challenges. It's just been the immunity challenge. I think that was probably a smart thing 
Um, they seem to go back and forth on doing that uh, today when they do three tribe seasons, but I, I think it's the I think it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, especially because it's sort of like it may when it's just an immunity challenge, it's a little weird when the second place is just also immunity, and when it's like rewards, and it's like okay, because you really want to get first, so you get a better reward. There's a little right. more incentive. Right. I mean, right. I mean, there's that aspect. I mean, and of course, with a, with a new player season, you really want to get to know the players. You know, on a returning season, you can have two challenges because we know everyone. So, yeah. And um, so one of the things Artis was mad about, though, is scooping, breaking the mask. And that kind of leads into really the main storyline for Mike Scoopin so far. <laughs> Which is Mike Scoopin can't help but hurt himself all the time. And I am here for it. It is one of the funniest stories in Survivor, and every time he does it, I laugh. It certainly has a little more, um, it's like even more satisfying now, really. Oh, it, it's definitely more satisfying now. It's like, <laughs> it's like the universe knew. They knew right. before we knew. So karma started punishing him before society could. Right. And I love how, you know, I mean, it's even funnier when you consider like the context that he has introduced into the season, which is he's a player who injured himself really badly and had to be pulled out of his season. So what does he start doing the second he gets onto the beach? He starts injuring himself again over and over. And I love it's like he hits himself with the hammer. He, you know, like he steps on like a he steps on something in the scene. He comes back and he has this giant gash on his foot. It's like every time he just appears. I love um, when Pete is like, you know, I can kind of see how he fell into the fire. Pete is like low-key the best part of that tribe like you know we focus on other parts of it but I think Pete is like what makes everything so entertaining because he's the one that's snarking on it all he's the one that's stirring the pot he's the one that's kind of like like you know yeah there's some stuff going on there and like Pete has his own problems but like I think he works really well on that tribe Mm-hmm. It's a good tribe for him. It's just, you know, he's just eventually, you know, spoiler alert, eventually undone by Malcolm's eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, again, but that's a great... So funny. <laughs> but, you know, we'll we'll be able to talk about that more down the line. But um, right. the only other sort of thing about Mike that kind of ties into the other person we want to talk is that he is the one who recognizes Lisa right off the bat. Yep. Clearly, like clearly, not only did he obviously watch Facts of Life, but clearly he had a crush on Blair when he was... I think he even says that he did. Yeah, like, and even if he didn't, like, you could... T- okay. And it's so funny, because he's like, you should tell them all. They would be so wowed and obviously want to keep you around. Like, that doesn't make... First of all, doesn't make sense because of the celebrity factor. People assume they have money, even though I believe her when she says she does not. But yeah. um, secondly, these these kids do not know what facts of life. Like, I know no. what facts of life is because I love the 80s. You know, like that's... But you even... Say, oh, right, but wait, but wait. Have you watched Facts of Life? I've never watched Facts of Life. There we go, right. So you know, right. You know, you've yeah. just heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of it. I'd be like, oh, all right. You know, yeah, and I mean, maybe some of that is 
the jadedness of living in LA. So it's not like that weird to see someone famous, but like still, I think there are definitely people my age who are just less in tune with popular culture who probably haven't even heard of the facts of life. Yeah, no, exactly. And then he would, of course, overplay how big it was when he describes it. And you'd be like, oh, it was like the biggest show on TV. And, you know, like, uh, and Lisa was its star. And it's like, I mean, there is no way that it would actually go well. Like, there is no way that would work out for her. Yeah, it was a bad idea. And she was smart not to take it. And you kind of see a hint of um, her tribal, her final tribal thing where she talks about like like they're not talking about what they did as teenagers yeah like nobody else is talking about their like high school job and i'm like that's a good point (laughs) yeah no i mean like i you know so i mean like so i mean a big part of this i mean not just mike scoopin but of course lisa's own story uh in these episodes is that she's kind of the outcast of this tribe she's the one on the outside like, I mean, I guess Artis isn't in that, you know, four-person alliance, but they don't really talk about him as much being on the outside. And they do talk about Lisa being there. And part of it, I think, is just because, like, Lisa seems to be kind of a loner, kind of an introvert just by nature. And, you know, and they really hold that against her. Like, they really hold that against her. Yeah, and it's, like, instantaneous. They just right. decide that she's not not one of them. Right. And not only that, she's not one of them, but obviously they can't trust her because she's always going off and she never talks to them. I don't think they ever gave her a chance. Yeah, because, you know, to a certain extent, there's a point about if someone's always going up, but they never are like, I think she's looking for the idol. Like, like with like Caliban Penner, like they just don't like that. She's like not hanging out with them all the time or something. Right. Yeah. 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 And what I love, I mean, like, I mean, it's even crueler where they're like, oh, yeah, she's definitely looking for the other. She's so sneaky and she's off in the woods, like crying. Like, it's just, it's so cruel. And of course, like, RC's leading that charge, you know, again, just showing that, like, you know, it's like, oh, RC, you know, undone by her bad luck. No, you know what? Maybe if you had reached out to someone who wasn't crazy, you would have been okay down the line. Yeah. I think it's, you know, that conversation the three women have in the, ocean when it's just like oh yeah i run a ministry for moms and they're like all right can't relate peace yeah they have no interest in her you know and then they blame it on her and then they blame it and they blame that on her mm-hmm. which is ridiculous so um is there anything else to talk about on tandang or if we just like so. are we just flying through this oh wait no you did want to bring up the goggles yeah Scoopin breaks the goggles, diving in. And what's funny is Artis gets mad because he's like, he specifically told me not to dive in with the goggles, to put them on after you dive in. What's funny, too, I mean, and that would be frustrating if right. someone, you know, breaks their own rule. But it's also funny because the other tribes just don't even use the goggles at all. No, not they at all. They're just like, right. okay, we don't need it. Um, oops, and there's your first swear yeah hey it took us uh it took us almost 40 minutes to get there that's pretty good for us because we are definitely the worst at it uh yeah yeah i would definitely agree so i'm uh i'm impressed go us celebrate um anyway calabas also a tribe but you would barely know it besides two people right so right yeah the two people that matter on calabau one Penner, because again, Penner's great, but also because Penner cannot help but instill a ra- irrational dislike of him by anyone he ever plays Survivor with. Every time, Poor every God. time, everyone's like, "I just don't trust that Penner," you know. Yeah. 
it's 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 you know like i think even the people that do like penner are like man i don't know if i could trust him <laughs> yeah, like, he's I, like a cool guy but yeah i i think penner has pretty much only ever played with one person got him and trusted him and that person just used him ruthlessly and that was yule yep and i mean yule too like it, he, you know, Penner ruined that trust by like trusting Candace, who did not trust Penner. Right. Yeah. I, I guess that's the thing. Like, even Yule knew like, not to trust Penner, but he at least knew how, you know, he at least knew what Penner would do. Because the thing about Penner is, despite the fact that no one trusts him, he's actually pretty loyal. He doesn't backstab people, which will come back later in the game. You know, like, he's definitely in it for himself, but like, he's not going around you know, backstabbing everyone here. Yeah, he's not he's not doing it for the sake of it. You know, he's not being needlessly vicious. Right, exactly. But you know who but doesn't know that? Jeff, Jeff Kent. Kent doesn't know that. <laughs> Jeff Kent in some sort of like how how the the cheater accuses their spouse of also cheating is like, we gotta get rid of the returning players because the returning players, they already had their chance and, and and us regular people, we're regular. We need the money. Then we better vote out him. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm totally regular because I'm a motocross rider. Nothing yeah. else. I just have a ranch, else. you know, you know how people have ranches to ride their motocross dirt bikes. It's fine. It's a totally normal thing. No, yeah. what are you talking about? I'm not rich. I'm not Jeff Kent. Wait, damn it. <laughs> What's the baseball? Right. Yeah. I, I, I love how Dawson recognizes him and she gives that voiceover. And while she, and like while she's giving that voiceover, they flash back to like her like staring at him give the motocross uh <laughs> like like speech. And she stares completely blank faced at him for a good solid 15 seconds and they hold on that shot while Jeff Kent's talking and her staring she's just like just unmoving like Alec Christie like you know just like you know that's weird playing, you know <laughs> I mean it was I was just I, I had to pause I had to pause while watching the episode because I was laughing so hard at the at just like her expression because you could like you could see her just like staring him down like waiting for him to say like I know you're a baseball player I know you're a baseball player I know you're a baseball player yeah even though she clearly doesn't know much else because she grossly underestimates his salary uh, yeah <laughs> Jeff Kent was an MVP. Jeff Kent yeah. was a very good baseball player. Yeah. He is borderline, like, he's not going to get in. It would be very unlikely, but he is borderline Hall of Fame. He is in the conversation. Yeah, he's a, and he's a guy who should be at least strongly considered. Yeah, and, um, you know, he's a Game 7 World Series loser. <laughs> hey, he's the one who said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, and I experienced it and felt it and cried about it because I was 12. Hey, but I was pretty upset. Hey, I, I saw my favorite team lose in heartbreaking fashion when I was ten, so I was there too. I thought you were going to mention a different time. No, I'm not going to mention that. Why would I mention that? Fun. Okay, we won't no, we won't bore fun. the listeners for our our like fifth fight. Fifth, that's an underestimation. Our dozenth fight about the 2010 NLCS. But yeah. um, you guys can't you guys came to hear about Survivor Philippines and we're giving you all the baseball you could have wanted. <laughs> but Jeff Kent. OK, so at one point, Penner does. He kind of figured that hmm, 
this Kent guy doesn't like me. I gotta, I found, you know, he finds the idol. And so I gotta rope him in. So they, you know, they're like, oh, well, we'll stick to each other. And it's like very like, look, it's not like we're going to the end together. They're like, we will work together until it's no longer useful for the two of us. Right. And they're both totally in front of that. And yet Jeff Kent, again, because he's such, you know, Jeff Kent. Such a douche. Very specific, entertaining type of uh, D-bag where, you know, he's the type of guy who has to make these, like, ridiculous justifications for himself, even when, like, no one requires him to justify, you know, like, him not being completely honest, not doing this, you know, you know, and and he does this with his, oh, that was a four- Four finger. He 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 held this yeah. one out. So so he yeah. held it like so, sorry. It was like is it like like this? He shook like this. It's a four finger handshake. Doesn't That's count. not a real handshake. Okay. First of all, I really got on this. Like, <laughs> but you can just lie, Jeffrey. It's so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary, and it's so. I mean, it's just again. It's a very specific type of unnecessary that's just i just really enjoy it um i was trying to figure out if jeff kent was on this 50th anniversary giants poster i have but i don't oh wait oh wait no no no, no, he's not he's not he's not not. but his greatest enemy barry bonds is right Uh, i remember so part of part of my preparation for this podcast was I looked back at the old AV Club reviews and comments, which was like one of the first ones where it was really starting to kick off, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, like we had been there for a little bit, but this was the first like good season in a while. Um, and one of the comments was like someone saying they really hoped that Barry Bonds would be Jeff Kent's loved one. <laughs> and just I know he didn't get that far and it would have never happened. But like, God, what if it had <laughs> I mean, oh, no, th- that would have been fantastic, especially because, like, yeah, you, you, I mean, even Jeff Kent would have to figure that by that point, his secret's out. By the way, speaking of a secret, I do love when uh, Probst is talking to the players before the returnees come out at the very beginning of the show. And he's like, uh, you big guy in the maroon shirt who looks like he probably played sports or something like that. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't go like that, like blatant about it, but like, you can tell that like, he's like very specifically not calling him you, uh, Jeff Kent. I mean, yeah. uh, guy, I don't know. <laughs> guy, I've never, it is funny. The like conceit where he pretends he doesn't know all these people and it, like he hasn't met them all in casting like three different, you know, along the way. Right. Like, not even just with the celebrities, but like you, you know, they have meetings with probes. Well, he throws the first question to Zane. It's like, why would you throw a first question to Zane unless you know what Zane is like? Yeah, you know, exactly. of course he knows what Zane is like. Yeah, it's so great. Um, and another another one in that I remember I used to often share with people like things my mom would text me during the show. And the first premiere of Philippines, um, we actually watched it together. And one of her comments was that Russell Swan has a Barry Bonds-like voice. So if only they had eventually made it in together, <laughs> could have been good oh, that's, stuff. Yeah, no. Trigger Jeff Kent. Hmm. With a high-pitched um, voice. Okay. Um, yeah, so, okay, so what else? So Jeff Kent, he irrationally hates Penner from minute one. Penner... Yes. Uh, I mean, and like, and he really, I mean, you know, I gotta say this for him. He really does a good job of rallying everyone else on his tribe. Yeah. Um, to be like, yeah, 
we all hate Penner. And they're like, you know what? I agree with you, Jeff Kent. We do all hate Penner. Of yeah, course. Like, we're all on the same level here, and it should be one of us who wins. We'll use him for his knowledge for like the first time, but then we'll vote about, they say, as if they're going to go to tribal anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, which, of course, they, we, you know, spoiler alert, they, you know, not yet. Um, but and, and, you know, when Penner uses, uh, like, all their hatred and the fact that they're bonding together to go not bond with them and find himself an idol. Um, you know, to be fair, this is probably why people don't trust Penner, because when you're doing, like, the normal early game bonding, Penner's like, gotta get myself an idol. <laughs> Yeah, I got to think they must have cut something because there's one point where he when he finds the idol and he's like running through the woods and he's like, I'm on fire. But he's running right past Dana. Right. Yeah. And they just don't. She's like, not like, hey, why is he so excited? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like I like to imagine that uh, that he would do that right past Dana just for the, you know, like, I, I, I mean, like, honestly, like now. Now, this is the one tribe where I think, like, we haven't really learned a lot about people. Yeah, because I think you, you know, have, and you have besides, no tribal and you have less, there's still some drama, but you have significantly less drama. Right, and the drama can be confined pretty much between two people, which is, exactly. and, and you know, let's be honest, they're probably the two most interesting people. Yeah. Or the two people the show is already predisposed to be given the most time to. They're going right. to give time to Jeff Kent because he's a celebrity, and they're going to give time to Penner because he's a returning player. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, sorry, I just saw something from Andy. Um, yeah. And, and there's really just not many other interesting people on Calabar. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and again, like we'll get to know Calabar a little better, um, especially to, especially uh, next week. Um and, but yeah, but for now it's pretty much just those two. But that does bring us to uh, to a uh, our new uh, recurring segment that we're going to do this season. I think you guys will all be really excited. Um, Emma, what was your favorite Carter moment? Gosh, um, Carter is really a standout of this season, and I'm really excited about him um, to see his season again. And I think of these. Of these entire first three episodes, my favorite Carter moment is how he looks just like Dana, but taller. He really does, doesn't he? He looks yeah. just like Dana, but taller. And, and the values. That's the only difference. Right, right, and right, right. Matt, what is your favorite Carter moment of these first three episodes? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, there's... Kent once when Jeff is throwing, uh, you know, uh, Penner under the bus. I think he says something like, yeah, you're right. That was a mm. pretty good Carter moment. He's so wise. He, he, you know, he, he speaks so. Oh. Says what we're all thinking. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be checking back every week with our favorite uh, Carter moment of, this, of the season. Uh, we're really looking forward to this piece. I think it's going to be dynamite podcasting. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. But, um, gosh, I think we may have covered it all, unless you have anything else you want to say. Um, I don't think so. And not only did we cover it all, but we managed to do it in under an hour. 
Take that, Andy, yeah. who said we'd run long. No one believes in us. No one but believes in us. But we did it. it. Yeah. But we did and it. We only, I only swore once, and it was, like, pretty, like, minor. It was yeah, not, it was pretty low-key. It was pretty low-key. It, was, it wasn't very loud. It was fine. Yeah. Um, we're amazing, obviously. Right. Blackjack and hookers for sure. Right. Or at least for the next five um, right, yeah, yeah. And uh and yeah, we'll be doing this. Uh we posted the schedule um on the website. Uh so you can see the schedule there. We'll be doing another three episodes for next week. Um if you want to keep up with our uh with the uh with with the podcast uh we'll, and we will be broadcasting next week at the same time as we did this week. Yeah, we will we will primarily be doing it Thursday's same time. There is one week on July 10th, we have to, Matt's going on vacation one week and then I'm on vacation the next week. So we have to kind of bridge it together so we don't have too much time off. Um, so we'll remind everyone. So that'll be Monday, July 10th. We'll remind everyone when it happens, but otherwise Thursdays. And we'll be sure, yeah, you know, we'll uh, be tweeting and talking about it on the podcast, the website. So podcast you know you can find on itunes and whatever other apps weird people without iphones use uh the website is purplerockpodcast.com i am the show is on twitter at purple rock pod you can follow me at purple rock emma and you can follow me at purple rock matt and uh should you want to uh follow someone of the other staff you can find mark at purple rock mark all right and um theme music presuming that andy puts it in on the podcast we'll see yeah we'll see uh see you next week see you next week jinx you take the good you take the bad you take them both and there you have the facts of life the facts of life there's a time you gotta go and show you grow and now you know about the facts of life the facts of life When you're learning the facts of life